You are listening to an RPA production where people gather. Ladies and gentlemen, RPA is proud to present Aaron's Horror Show with Aaron Frail. This is Jason Witter, author, illustrator of Tiniest Vampire and Monsters Eating Ice Cream, and you are listening to Aaron's Horror Show. Welcome to Aaron's Horror Show. I'm your host, Aaron Frail. On Aaron's Horror Show, we're going to go ahead and read some horror fiction and talk about horror in all its forms, books, movies, you name it. If you want to go ahead and get a hold of the show, you can go ahead and contact Aaron's Horror Show at Gmail or Aaron Horror Show on Twitter or Aaron's Horror Show on Facebook. Thank you for listening and enjoy. All right. Well, let me go ahead and introduce you, so so we can find, so the audience can can know who who these fine folks we have are. So Jen Doherty and Philip Hughes comprise the workshop, a creative company that focuses on storytelling through a variety of media, including podcasting, film, and literature. Currently, they are in season one of the workshop presents a full cast storytelling podcast, where each season presents an original story. They are also preparing to release their award-winning feature film, The Married Maids of Madness, on several streaming outlets. They have been in the creative partnership for almost 13 years, spanning from New York to Japan. All right. Well, welcome to the show. That's very fancy. Oh, thank you. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) I did it in my best announcer voice. This just in. (laughs) Philip. Tell them a little bit about the Workshop Presents. What is it? What are you doing? So uh, the Workshop Presents is basically the company that we kind of umbrella everything under. And so uh, right now we're doing a podcast. uh, And the first story we're doing with that, this is our inaugural story, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, Is the Doldrums Holiday Special, which is uh, about a little boy, Mew, who comes into contact with uh, the creatures, the Doldrums. Uh, yeah, but, like, the, the flavor of it is that there's actually a holiday that Jen invented, and I think will actually become a, a great holiday at some point, but it's called the Doldrums Days, and it basically celebrates how terrible January is as a month. <laughs> yeah, I I I liked that. I I listened when I was listening to the first episode. I I felt that it was it was very channeling uh, Lemony Snicket with the uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. like yeah the sort of dark humor you know, and I felt the uh, the that it also it was like but it had more of a, like a Christmas magic to it too, even though it's like. This is the dark, depressing January, and why it is you, dark and you depressing, you know? I to my inner state. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's really – oh, no, it's just really funny that we're going to be, like, sitting here giggling and laughing on, on this interview, and, and people are going to go to the, the podcast and be like, oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That's 
dark. <laughs> your, uh, your editor is going to have a fun time with this, with all the giggling. So Yes, yes. <laughs> Something that audiences know is that when Aaron and Jen get together, like the I, I call them the giggle twins because they just they just feed off each other's laughter nonstop, and especially if they have something funny to be interacting with. Oh man, it's the best. We're not allowed to watch the three amigos around Phil anymore. <laughs> no. <laughs> for for those of you listening, we we had this moment where Phil was trying to like study. I forgot it was back in college. Like he was trying to study for something, and Jen and I were watching the three amigos. And uh, we just kept, in my room. yes, <laughs> yes, yes, while he was trying to do this task. <laughs> All right. So uh, when you're when you're doing the workshop presents or when we, when you're doing the doldrums, what what kind of made you think of that story? Like, like, where does the inspiration for it come? Um. Well, first, it was that I wanted to create a holiday for January because I don't know if we were talking to uh Aaron knows uh, our mutual friend Jason, and we were just talking about how January was just the worst. It's just the worst. Like, everything's cold. No one's happy anymore. It's like all of a sudden that, like, happiness of the holidays, everyone goes like, and I'm done. <laughs> like, not not only are they not completing their uh, their New Year's promises, uh, <laughs> New Year's resolutions. Yeah. <laughs> uh, from... October from like from October and Halloween till New Year's. Till New Year's, we use up like all of our happy, <laughs> and then like all of our <laughs> gone, and then we have to like rebuild it so that we can use it again the next year. And so it was like I wanted to create something that made January a little bit more palatable for people, <laughs> and, yeah. and a little bit more, a little bit more fun, a little bit more fun. I. I would say that, like, listening from what I've heard so far of it, I think, you know, being a father myself, I think it would be a great show to show my son one day when oh, he's you, old enough to, 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 you know, he's only one, so he, he doesn't really understand. Uh, he doesn't understand right. words and things yet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, it's, uh, you know, it, it's a little bit in the style of, like, on the old Rankin Bass. Uh, holiday specials, you know, things like Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer and Frosty the Snowman and, you know, things like that that we were also kind of channeling. So it was fun, but then, of course, Jen, being Jen, it's got a little bit of the dark, spooky because side I to feel it. Like, like, everything I loved when I was a kid was, like, rest, or sorry, if we're talking movies, it's, like, Secret of Nim, The Last Unicorn, um, Night Water, Before Christmas, Night Before Christmas, Watership Down, and they're all kind of dark. But that's like yeah. stuck with. I remember like the Black Cauldron. For a while after it came out, I remember seeing it, and then for a while I thought I had just imagined it because it disappeared. Like they, like Disney did a good job of like going like this movie never existed, and then it came out again. But that movie was so dark. That movie, and I loved it. I loved it. It made me read the books, all that kind of stuff. And I feel like sometimes when you scare little kids, <laughs> it actually gets them to pay attention. I don't know. Oh yeah, <laughs> I know. I, I, well, I actually, <laughs> I felt I felt a lot of the kids' stuff in the '80s had this real, real dark streak to it, you know. Yeah. And I, yeah. I, I loved it too, you know. I thought, mm-hmm. I like, like, it, which what, which one is the one with Tim Curry, and he plays kind of like the the devil character, yeah. and he's just legend. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
No, I just remember Tim Curry and that little devil thing being absolutely terrifying to me as a kid. Totally. But, but also, you know, couldn't couldn't take my eyes off of it, you know? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's true. Uh, uh, Angelica Houston in The Witches was huge for me. We, like, uh, I remember in third grade we read the book. I think, I think it was third grade. Uh, we watched the movie as well. And I just showed that. So Phil had never seen The Witches um before and when i showed it to him he was like this is a kid's movie this is terrifying (laughs) (laughs) have you seen it aaron i haven't no i haven't but i'm I'm gonna have to watch that oh it's the best it is the best i love it they shot it it's almost like i feel like if terry like terry gilliam could have like come on and consulted on that movie because it's so oh wow okay okay i'm I'm definitely I'm definitely watching that. I've I've seen all of Terry Gilliam's movies, so Yeah, it's like Gilliam light. Yeah. It's like if he was like, I'm gonna go commercial. <laughs> <laughs> so so it's Gilliam being a little bit normal. <laughs> it's like if Gilliam decided to go straight. <laughs> so uh when you're when you're thinking of, you know, your your characters, because I know this isn't this isn't the first uh, series that or the first like story that you've done. You've also had the children of Eldritch Lane, uh, you know, H.P. Lovecraft inspired. Uh, so when you're thinking of your characters, yeah, what are you? Where are you taking them from? I know. Also, I want to bring in Phil as well to talk about like the artwork for it too, because I've you know mm-hmm. there's a lot of really good artwork associated with this podcast as well as the the other book, the Eldritch, Eldritch Lane one. Oh, thank you, thank you. Yeah, no, we start with character and go from there. Because yeah. right for like the art purposes, it made it easy because Jen paints very vivid, fun stuff, and so that always really inspires me a lot. Yeah, and I feel like with the characters is like. Uh, Phil and I actually spend a long time on these uh, things, and I feel like it's just kind of like these really long rap sessions where we sit down and we just talk out these characters and figure out how they work. And if okay. and from these sessions, then we can go into the writing after that, and then they come more alive when I sit down. So I have to thank Phil for that. That's kind of his his side uh, contribution to my writing is that we're we're able to talk about these characters like they're I don't know, almost like friends. So Yeah, I mean how do you how do you talk about them like in the theoretical sense of like what they would do in certain situations or you talk about their psychology or their history or like Yeah, like a lot what, of psychology, you know, and then just and, you know, part of like this the story idea is like, oh, it goes like, Oh, it'd be cool if this happened, what would happen? And then we kinda mm-hmm. talk about that and uh you know, or like, or she's sitting there going like, oh, you know, I was thinking about Bartholomew going and visiting Don't give this, away. this person. Okay. Uh, I thought I'd break her. You're going to have to, you're going to have to listen, listeners, to, to figure out what's happening, so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but I mean, it's so like, oh, I was like, I think you do this and I could, you know, sometimes, I mean, Jen usually knows the right answer. Uh, but sometimes you go, well, but would they do that? And they might actually do more like this or like, oh, wouldn't it be funny? Like, I feel like they would do this and wouldn't that be funny or weird or whatever? Well, I almost feel like um, listening to – well, not listening to, sorry, reading Stephen King's book on writing when he talked about yeah. like, the relationship that he has with his wife, with Tabitha, and the way that she um, she's like his ideal reader. 
And so I just took that another step forward. And like, as I'm going through my ideas, I almost kind of story tell to Phil. Like, I, I, this is almost me just telling Phil stories. Kind <laughs> 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 of, I, I, I like that idea. But. Yeah, and especially, <laughs> and that's super fun on the things that we do where we're more like both writing together on it, is that we're kind of like, oh, but what if then this happened? And the person's like, oh, that's great, but then what if this happened? You know, and it's super fun. And once in a while it's, what if this happens? Oh, that should not happen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, not so much. Yeah, I'll say something and I'll just be like, I'll be like, and this? And so his nose will crinkle and my nose will crinkle and we're like, oh, no. No, that's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> like without even words, you know that there is something very wrong with what <laughs> with what you just said. We angered. Yeah. Like oh. So, so how long does it take to like come up with that? I mean, because I know that's a that's a lot of work that you're putting in ahead of time before you even put words on the page. I think for the doldrums, how long have we been working on this one? Oh. Uh... I think this came right after made. Like, we started so, working on it. So, like, two or three years? Two. I think two. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah. And uh, actually, the one of the best things, actually, through the podcast has been, like, actually hearing my words out loud, like, multiple times, like, before we get it out there, has really, like, made my editing, I feel like, on my writing even better. So, that's so, so you feel like your, your prose is, like, a lot crisper and stuff like that because you get a yeah. chance to, like edit it before you right before you put it out totally and it's something that jen does anyways is that for stuff that she's writing it's that she'll um read it to me you know uh and there's just she just gets something you know jen being an actor i think it really helps for her just to hear it and so it's never like she just gives me pages to read she's like oh let me read it to you and then give me your feedback on it yeah you know but but the nice thing with the podcast is that now I'm reading to myself. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so you could actually hear. Yeah, and I'll hear a part of prose, and I'm like, oh, man, are you serious? <laughs> Jennifer. <laughs> so so have you actually re-recorded stuff and rewritten stuff uh, based on oh, just, yeah. like, oh, yeah. in the editing? So in the editing day, you're like, no, 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 we're we're doing this <laughs> yeah, again. <laughs> like, this not okay. Yeah, I, I know. I could be a little better, you know. Yeah. 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 So I, I make it sound like it's like, yeah. Remember, I'm done. No. <laughs> yes. Yeah. No. I know. I know what you mean, though. I, I've been on this podcast here. I've been reading some of my own work to the listeners, and I and I rewrite it as 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 I'm reading it because I'll I'll read something and I'll be like, wow, that's terrible. <laughs> I got to redo this. <laughs> you know. <laughs> no, I think I think that's actually it's a really good strength. You know, to be able to to go in and go like, oh. Oh, on all it's like finding new levels of going. Oh shit! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> That's almost like the writer's like battle cry. Oh shit! <laughs> it is. Oh, oh cry. yeah. <laughs> Do you swear on here? Is this clean? You, no, you could swear. This is oh. this. This is my boat. I can run it out. I want. <laughs> I don't necessarily swear. Okay. On a general market, or just yeah, excessively, just so. You know, because I, I, what I don't want it is to be like if I'm, you know, the podcast becomes about the swearing, whereas, you know, if swearing shows up naturally, that's fine. It's just how people talk, you know. But people don't, you know, go into McDonald's and be like, I want a fucking burger, you know. <laughs> 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 yeah, 
Give me a fucking number one. Goddamn fries with that, you know? It's McDonald's. And McDonald's. Well, it's a fries, bruh. That was that was for listeners that you remember uh Jason, our our friend uh with Hamlet the Vampire Slayer. That was uh Phil's uh <laughs> character that he was channeling there. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Phil played uh uh it was Rosen Chad and Gildenbrad. Or or was that it? Oh no. no yeah, that... I, I played the earlier version of that from the show. You played it the... in the play. Yeah, okay. he, was in, uh, he was in um Dracula. Dracula and that, goes cold. And so that was like the first I that was the first version of of those two dudes. Oh yeah, okay, yeah, I remember no, that. We left this is their their game your listeners are getting to hear all the crazy titles cuz we that was Dracula goes to college. We left to go to Japan when you guys were doing Batman starts. Oh yes, Batman starts or something. <laughs> I, I saw that play right before we moved, and that was hilarious. I love Batman starts. <laughs> that that one was actually the the only play of ours that that de- that somebody attempted to shut down. Like we got a call from from DC's lawyers, you know. Whoa! Like, like yeah, they said like you can't do this play, like, and we're like, thinking like, it's like a lousy like, hundred seat theater, you know. <laughs> yeah, come on down, and I want you to see what a threat this is to you guys. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Christian Bale's fortune is threatened by this moment here. <laughs> like, like but so uh, let's actually speaking of movies, let's talk about Mary Maids of Badness. You yeah, you you made a movie. What? You made a movie. <laughs> we did. It was a crazy, crazy endeavor. Phil was at USC his final year, and uh, if if you know anything about the program at USC, you go for three years studying film. This is grad program. This is the grad program, and uh, during those three years, you have a chance to shoot a short film there. And uh, we didn't really, we weren't really interested in that because we, we mainly, our love is character, and character comes out really well in long form. Yeah. And so we were, we had this moment where we're like, we don't care about making, like, it's a great program, but we didn't care about making the short film. Like, we weren't going to buy for that because that's one of those ones where it's very Hunger Games to try to get one of yeah. those intermediate short film projects. And we're like, okay, well, um, what can we do to – what do we feel like coming out of this school would be really, like, a, like a, a calling card for us? And so we decided to make the Mary Maid's Madness and yeah, so yeah. shot it over Phil's Christmas break. Yeah, <laughs> my, on my final year. Oh, wow. First, my final semester, I missed the first three days of classes, which at USC – if you miss the first day, you're out. you're out if you're already registered for the class. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I, so I had a pitch class, which was run by someone who is Wolfgang Peterson's partner, producing partner. And uh, she, uh, I wrote to her and was like, please, I'm shooting a movie. <laughs> Can I please come into class? I like Because this is a class that you couldn't get until, like, your last semester, and so it wasn't always easy to get into. Uh, I was like, please let me take this class. You know, I'll be a great student. And she did. <laughs> and I was, she was very, very kind to do that because she definitely didn't have to. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, the only reason she would have 
like given it to you and it's the reason why is because you were like i'm shooting a feature yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah because at least he's like out doing the work <laughs> so yeah i mean it's better than saying you know i was planning on doing a lot of drugs for, for yeah. christmas holiday and <laughs> well yeah i was gonna go on a trip <laughs> <laughs> swim but, at orcas <laughs> but my uh but yeah so so we made this movie uh jen wrote it and was one of the main stars in it and well was the main star in it and uh i directed and it was um this is comedy uh a it's a female ensemble comedy about these uh, women who are inspired, 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 inspired. <laughs> They're in the Shire, <laughs> and it's uh, you know. set in a mental ward in modern day. In modern day, yeah, yeah. and it's a comedy. <laughs> and they are with Jason and them. Obviously, we all have this super fun love to take Shakespeare and play around with it. Yeah, the Jason that we're talking about, uh, Maze, is going to be coming out on streaming very soon. You'll. If you tune in, he is uh, the orderly Barry in it, and he is very funny. <laughs> so. Yeah, no, he. Yeah, I I haven't seen it yet, but from the previews, he looks great. I mean, I I I missed out on it because I don't think you there's been you access in, to uh, it. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Uh, no, there's yes. a moment where some where uh uh one Wait. of the other characters is playing guitar, and Jason listens wistfully to it, and it is for you, Doctor. That shot. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, well, well I, I'm excited. We'll, we'll get hooked up with some yeah. VIP link. You yeah. Know? yeah. Sweet. <laughs> well, that would be yeah, fun. Oh, yeah. Um, we shot it over 15 days, um, uh, eight of which were in a row. <laughs> which is. Oh, wow. If it was That's game, intense. It, it, it wouldn't have happened or it would have cost an ungodly amount of money in payroll. But we were a super low budget. Nonunion was volunteering their time. And the cast and crew, we lost our main location because we had um, a studio that we we're going to shoot at that had a uh, medical set on it. But they got closed down two weeks before we shot in Albuquerque. Home. <laughs> and so we were like, okay, we have to find a place. So we went running around everywhere, and we found this really great uh, uh, school that's downtown. Amy Beal, you probably know it. It's the charter. Oh yeah, I I was a substitute teacher there actually. (laughs) And so you it's a beautiful building. Oh yeah, it's great. And uh, so I think the reason why I mean the cast and crew knew what we were going through with that, and we 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 were always very we're always very careful to keep our days to like twelve hours at all costs, unless something terrible happens. Um, Yeah. Or in a spot where literally we can't come back. Yes. Exactly, and so they. Oh they, wow! <laughs> we we hit our fifth day, and we every day we're like, we hope they come tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <no>. <laughs> <laughs> We'd really like our actors to come back. <laughs> yes, and they did, and they were great, and I think it really shows. What I really try to push is that there's great actors everywhere, you know. The and Albuquerque is one of those because like there's been such a community there and the film industry there that there's been this group of actors that have been really, I don't know, like kind of brought up through the system now. And they're really, oh, yeah. they're really well, they're high, there are just so many highly talented people in Albuquerque that I feel it's very un, untapped, you know, like, yes. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, I, I feel 
But like I, yeah, when I do see someone I know, I'm like, why don't they have a bigger role than that? You know, like. No, no. and I, like I felt like I went back there, and um, one of the agents back in New Mexico, I talked to her. I said, um, I said, thank you for letting me use your actors, and thank you for being, you know, so obliging and everything. And she was like, oh, she goes, you cast all my best ones. Yeah. And it was just one of those things. It's there's so many good actors in Albuquerque. Like we just had auditions again. And, like, the people who came out, I'm just like, oh, my gosh. No, I just wish I, – I really wish for Albuquerque, I, I want them to become the new Austin, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Like, music and film and and just all the arts are in Albuquerque. Well, because of that strong film presence, you know, but – Yeah. To go. Sorry, I'm being wistful. Yeah. I'm being focused. Well, on. I mean, Sorry. also, like – yeah, I mean, also, I remember Jason and I used to talk about how Albuquerque was such a great city to get something really big done, but also not have to, like, like fight for that limited resources like one would have to do in L.A. or something, you know what I mean? Like, Well, yeah, like and because L.A. is just a business out here, you know? Yeah, yeah. And that's important. But it just it makes it hard when you have, don't have the resources because they're in an environment where they've always had people come to them who did have the resources. So it's things like location fees are always like higher, and and people are always like, oh no, I have to get paid for this. You know, you're like, oh, we're doing a two day shoot, uh, and we have like eleven dollars. You know, it's like we're just yeah. doing our best to make something great that everyone can take advantage of to show, like, their, their craftsmanship. Well, gosh, like, we were talking about this morning, we were talking about Roger Corman uh, and the documentary they made about him because I, we, we haven't seen it yet, but I want to check it out. And just, like, we watched the clip of Jack Nicholson talking about, like, just how Roger was so innovative just in getting the work done because like he would he would find out that like a big budget movie had shot on a stage and that they were going to tear it down in three days and he was like okay i'll write a script and we'll go make a movie in like you know two days which i don't i don't think that's the best way to make art <laughs> but <laughs> you know but, but still like, that's like wow <laughs> just knowing no. how difficult it is to make a movie but to do it in you know like like a a movie with like a lot of time and you know (laughs) planning but but to do it so quickly you know and jack nicholson was in tears about it because he was like this is the guy he was my lifeblood for when he had no career and he was getting started and i think almost like the everyday artists today the people who are like you know the working class artists we have to like be those kind of you know beacons that were like, yeah, I know it's hard, but we keep the power that we have is to make our own work. Sorry, I'm mm-hmm. getting real. <laughs> no, <laughs> I know. You're like, we got to add something dark here. So <laughs> quick, artists that you know that committed suicide, go. <laughs> that, that was a joke, but, you know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you could just do musicians. It'll last a while. Or Chris Cornell. Which is funny because it's all about mental illness. It is. It is. It's kind of my my way of – Carrie Fisher always said that, like, if life wasn't funny, it would just be real. 
and that's not okay. (laughs) (laughs) I think I was going, like, just learning about, like, life and how the brain works and everything like that, and maids came out of that, so. Yeah, I mean. That's awesome. And for us, it was important that we did make it funny because, you know, speaking of Jack Nicholson, you know, One Flew Over Cuckoo's Nest is out there. Girl Interrupted are out there. They did it just about as well as you can do it. So, so why don't you – we try to explore something like this with more of a fun human approach to it. Well, I guess. Because – and because the thing is, is, you know, we're not in a – we're not dealing with an institution where it's people who almost can't function because of the mental illness they have to deal with. You know, we're dealing with the fact that, like, all of us are – you know, there's a very fine line between – kind of us getting through the day and us being a divergent, yeah. you know, and like, and that's what a lot of people think, like, you know, mental illness is just about like going crazy and smearing your own poo on a wall and, and things oh like gosh, that. Oh so. <laughs> Hey, you know. Um, no, but there is an image that's been put out. It is. I'm like, no, it is. It is. Yeah. It's, it's the unfortunate image that people have or, or think of because of, you know, yeah, you know, I media and talked about, therapy and they were like this you know like therapy was considered or is considered within like certain parts of my family is considered a weakness and I'm just like oh my gosh you guys come on <laughs> well yeah yeah I know and and it's funny because like mental illness it, it even in the word illness you know illness implies something treatable and we don't necessarily say that oh you got uh you got a case of uh of bronchitis that you had to be hospitalized for that's a that's a weakness you know <laughs> like we don't consider right. that like, you know? know yeah we're willing to talk about people going to the hospital like uh like with bronchitis like it's like oh gosh he's got bronchitis right now how how bad oh let's send flowers let's make him feel better but someone has an emotional problem they're like don't talk about it don't bring it up <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Don't don't tell the family about it. You know, like let's sweep it under the rug and. Yeah, and it's just it's it's unhealthy because it doesn't go away. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. No, it doesn't. No. <laughs> well, it's unfortunate because people in that position that have uh, mental illness or are dealing with issues of mental illness, they 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 don't have the ability to talk about it in a way that would be helpful or productive with their family and the people that should you know, be willing to, to be there for them or help them through it, you know? So yeah. I feel that that there's a, a stigma that, that is, gets in the way of, of helping someone who really needs help, you know? Yeah, and the the hardest thing that I've learned is that when one person decides to get better, everyone else decides to get better too, or they decide not to get better. <laughs> so. But then they... Fractured. Yeah, exactly. So. Un- unpack that. Ooh. I'm I'm curious. Unpack that idea. Oh, on that idea? Yeah, or just oh, tell us. Well, yeah, I unpack think, it a little for us. What it is is, um, I think when people, uh, you can let's see how what is the easiest way to put this? Because uh, it's a lot. Is that when there are problems within like a family structure or within something, a lot of times there's uh, like the feeling of don't talk about it. Let's not talk about our feelings. Let's not talk about what's wrong. 
it doesn't, like I said, it doesn't make the problem go away. And yeah. those kinds of those kinds of things, those hurt, those hurt you. You know that it's not okay. Like you have this. Yeah. You 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 may pretend it's not there, but you think about it. You know, and that eats away at you. And that's happening to the whole group because the group isn't. It's like it's almost like a company. Like if you think of a family structure, and then you think about it if as if it was Google. And if you had one person within Google who was acting like a tyrant or acting like, let's say, controlling toxic. Toxic. toxic, toxic, let's say that, toxic. But within the family, sometimes there's no communication skills while, like, in a company, they're like, oh, well, let's bring in someone to, like, talk to everybody and figure this out and fix the communication because the communication is key. But then within a family, how do you do that? Because you mentioned to a family, you're like, I think we should all go to therapy. <laughs> and they're like, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> the end of the conversation. And so then if one person kind of acknowledges and really sees like a kind of a toxic dynamic in the family that's like kind of been just built up and basically programmed, and they start to pull from that, you know, it might be hard for the people who are enmeshed in it tighter to really see what the, the deal is, and then that can, just can create friction, yeah. you know, because, like, no one wants to be mad at each other, but it's like, you know, if you got the one person going, like, hey, like, what's happening here is not okay, and it takes a lot to actually see what that is, and, like, people aren't ready to see it, then then they're like, what? There's not that. I don't see this problem you're talking about, and then they resist it, and then and again, we go back to the before mentioned friction. We're we're writing a family drama right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, wow, <laughs> good. good. Yeah, I can right. tell. Yeah, this is, <laughs> I'm, I'm spearheading is all is, is a family epic right now. And so, so actually, that's that's like when we talked about how we talk about characters. That's actually kind of how we wrap it out. Yeah. So this is so this conversation is actually sort of. If if I were a fly on the wall of your writing room, this is what you would be talking about right now, you know? Yeah. Yeah, like every day. All right, that was Phil and Jen. If you guys are listening, thank you so much for coming on the show. It was such a great interview that I'm going to have to break it up into three different parts, so come back next week for the next part. If you're interested in their podcast, the link will be in the show notes. And I just want to remind you that Real Paranormal Activity is on Mondays, I'm on Tuesdays, Terry's Mysterious Moments is on Wednesdays, and finally, The Sandman's Lullaby is coming soon to a podcast for you. Thank you.